Welcome to Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today we speak with Dave Ballard from SAP Concur. And we'll be talking about what it takes for successful CFO-CIO collaboration. And we'll also be talking about some of the uh, newer features of SAP and Concur, uh, applications that a lot of government agencies are using, and uh, some of the analytical tools there. So I think you'll find this very interesting. And without further ado, let's talk with Dave. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm happy to have with us today uh, Dave Ballard. He's uh, from SAP Concur, and uh, we have all kinds of interesting topics we're going to talk about. Um, but why don't we start off with Dave? Why don't you introduce yourself a little and tell us a little bit about the company? Sure. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. Um, my name is David Ballard. I'm the Senior Vice President of America's Public Sector at SAP Concur. And uh, we are working and partnering with uh, state and local government and federal agencies uh, across the country to help them uh, automate their spend management. And that incorporates generally three basic platforms. So uh, expense reports. Mm -hmm. We start at the most basic level of automating that process and letting folks, you know, get uh, automated feeds uh, from their travel and expenses into those reports, and then providing the the uh, the operational side of the uh, of the house uh, a set of tools to centralize, normalize, and report against that data. So they have a much clearer view of of that spend management. And we combine that with our travel application, which is it's just a, a platform for folks to uh, to uh, book and complete their travel. And then the same thing on the back end, providing all that data back into the financial side of the operations house for a full view of that. And then the third leg of our stool is around invoice and mm -hmm. tying that in and, and uh, allowing folks to automate the uh, kind of the procured pay process there and uh, put it in the same line with their expense and travel uh, components as well. So it's it's one unified platform. Great. So yeah, and that, I think this podcast is to be informational. I mean, I think all our government folks out there are familiar with SAP, there's Oracle, there's Momentum, there's, you know, these are the big uh, applications you see out there. And now you guys are combined with Concur to the travel piece. Mm -hmm. So again, a lot of folks use Concur. So we thought it'd just be great to have you guys give us a little bit more about the tools and some things you're doing in that world, but also just some bigger topics as far as just how you see things going today with CFO, CIO collaboration, the chief data officer role, some new things that are happening. So why don't we just dive in a little bit about SAP Concur itself, you know, talk about that a little bit and some of the, how it can kind of help agencies with some of their financial challenges. Sure, no, it's, uh, and it's interesting. We'll see, you know, the, regardless of the size or type of the agency, mm -hmm. everybody has very similar challenges across the board. And the, the biggest challenge is having access to the data, having an mm -hmm. accurate view of that spend data. We will usually see, uh, whether it's public or private sector, um, employee-initiated spend mm -hmm. uh, is usually within the top three uh, manageable uh, line items uh, for folks within that organization in terms of managing their spend. So let's break down, so let's define that. Employee-initiated spend. Sure. So what so are some of these categories? That is, that is dollars that are being spent by you on behalf of your organization. Mm. So whether you're out traveling, uh, whether, whether it's simply just driving around and doing mileage, whether it's uh, procuring supplies, um, we see in public sector a lot, you know, things like protective equipment, sure. tuition, things that need to be reimbursed uh, to that employee by the organization, that's, uh, that's employee-initiated spend. Got it. 
And the, the market around that has changed dramatically, making it even more challenging for these organizations where you've got, you know, the airlines and the hoteliers specifically are sort of jumping that relationship to the traveler and to the consumer where they're relating directly with them, giving them more opportunity to spend without going through the filter of their organization. So right. capturing that data becomes even more of a challenge and getting that uh, accurate view of that spend from the organization makes it you know that much more difficult. Right, right. So yeah, so tell us a little bit more, you know, what, what are some ways that, um, you know, SAP Concur can kind of, you know, help folks, I mean, you know, tackle some of these challenges with the you know employee initiated spend or other some of the big some of the other big areas yeah there's a, there's a couple uh, couple ways that, that we approach this one is uh, simply through automation hmm. the, uh, the the task of whether you're you're booking travel or, or you're you're putting through you're going through the process to get yourself reimbursed um, or on the business side, again, tracking these things. So much of it is manual now within federal agencies and state and local. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of that uh, is based on these organizations running on legacy systems, right? We, and we, we talk about, you know, tech debt. Right. And folks that are, you know, literally indebted to uh, usually custom-built systems that were implemented sometimes 20 years ago. Um, that uh, the perception of moving off of that is that it can be very difficult to do. So you've got folks sort of mired in, in, in older technology. You've got an influx of data coming in. You've got an uh, influx of folks coming in, right? The um, uh, federal government is one of the largest recipients of, uh, of new jobs that are being you know, created mm -hmm. uh, on an annual basis. So you've literally got the, you know, how do I do more with less? And you have to combine that with your compliance requirements. And, right. you know, most federal agencies have a requirement of auditing 100% of their expense reports. That's huge volume to do. And when it's a very manual task to do that's taking literally hours, you're running into, uh, you know, human error, just because people that's all people will do all day is sort through expense reports. Um, and you've just got the, the, the pure volume uh, around that and the time it takes to then process that and get that employee reimbursed. I, I've seen situations um, uh, with state employees literally not wanting to come meet with us because it'll take them so long to get reimbursed for uh. a rental car or flight that they don't want to do it. Right. right. So <laughs> it's literally impacting how they do their jobs, which is, you know, which should never be. Right. Well, so, you know, so yeah, so CFOs need help here, you know, with technology and obviously the CIO is one of the places you have to go to. So, and sometimes they can butt heads, I guess, so to speak. So, uh, <laughs> You know, what have you seen out there? Some ways for these folks to kind of get along a little bit better, or you know, how how can we improve this thing? Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And and the CIO CFO roles are still uh, very much siloed in a lot of the folks that, that we talk to now. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, the CIO likes to hold the power on what's coming in, how it's being managed, how is it being you know requisitioned out to folks. Right. And the CFO is you know very focused on on their role of uh, of looking at budgets and and setting that up. Bringing those two together can help both parties, and that's where we'll spend a lot of time sort of brokering those conversations. Um, we'll usually start with the tech debt conversation, right? And yeah, let's define that. That's not a good term, tech debt. Well, what is that exactly? Yeah, so so tech debt is, is what we refer to uh, when an organization is bound to their current legacy technology systems, mm. and especially in state and local and federal uh, agencies. Those applications can, can be, you know, 20 years old or older. We're usually custom built. 
are quite often have been end of life already. Right. So the cost to maintain those escalates every year. Yeah. And there's a sort of a, you know, a, a misunderstanding by folks that getting a new system is going to cost more than maintaining that. And I can tell you 99.5% of the time, it's not the case. It mm. will generally cost more and not just maintenance and, and that sort of thing, but even productivity costs yeah, yeah. around that. All the hours saved, all the better functionality, the qualitative and the quantitative, you know, you get both of that from the newer technology. Right? Exactly, exactly. And the different levels of automation and leveraging the data, right? A, a right. lot of things that we'll see with legacy systems are just as those departments are siloed, um, the systems are siloed as well. So we'll see right. folks that are running on, you know, multi-billion dollar budgets, but have we'll estimate sometimes 30% visibility into what's actually happening within that budget and no way to really reconcile the data across those silos, which is a huge, right. uh, huge barrier to, to effectiveness within your organization. Right. You know, so I'm thinking just, I mean, you, you've had public and the private and state and local universities, you know, all these different customers, right? I mean, do you see this as a federal government particular the tech debt is the stronger thing in federal or is this just everybody no it's really everybody really? Um, yeah. federal and state and local specifically yeah. right and they're the folks that are generally squeezed by budgets more often mm -hmm. and the folks that you know every year that the compliance wheel turns another turn and it's, it's the cliche of doing more with less but it's literally what we're seeing mm -hmm. and uh, that, that's where we're trying to partner with folks to say hey how can we how can we raise your productivity how can we help you meet compliance? How can we increase the level of accuracy within your data processing, right? Because mm -hmm. that comes back to if you've got 100% audit, what's the accuracy you're seeing on that? What, what is being missed? And those are places where, um, you know, if you're going to start reversing that tech debt, you can start introducing concepts like artificial intelligence or machine learning to automate some of these more tedious right. tasks to do this, these, these repetitive data review tasks. Yeah, and I definitely want to get it. We'll get into that in a little bit later here because I want to hear about that. But also just going back to the CIO CFO. So, you know, the CFO does have these budget constraints and has to make the case that we need the money for this thing. And is Congress going to say, well, we already got you a new system five years ago, whatever it is. So again, what are some strategies, I mean, that CFOs can use to, you know, I mean, to get something that's really needed here. It's not just, you know, these legacy systems and things sometimes really are a burden. You have to move forward, right? It really is. And that, that's a good point, right? When you need, you know, quite often you need uh, legislative work to make that happen, right? Yeah. There, you know, there's there's literally rules that, you know, I can't right. buy another version of the same thing I have, even though it's 20 years old, right? Mm -hmm. So, we, you know, we work on, on all aspects of that. We'll work within the organization um, to, to really help them build a business case, to mm. show, show what you're going to gain um, by making this investment. And, and again, nine and a half times out of 10, that investment going forward is going to be considerably less than the current spend that you have on these on these legacy systems right so if we can show you know from a dollars and cents perspective um the gains that are there that helps out the cfo on the cio side it's really uh introducing the concept of uh that new technology around automation um our application is cloud-based right so there's there's many many organizations that uh the concept of a cloud-based application is still somewhat new to them and so we'll spend a lot of time working with folks and, and with some of our other partners to go in and show the benefits of a cloud application right right um you know one of the biggest pushbacks it folks will give is well i don't have the resources to implement this system well with, with a cloud-based application 
you need many less resources right. than you would on anything else, right? right? So you're getting a higher level of efficiency. You're getting code that's updated on a regular basis. There's no patches for you to do. Mm -hmm. um, there's no infrastructure to buy around networking and servers and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, we, uh, I think those of us in tech tend to take that for granted now. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of these spaces, like I said, it, it, it's sort of a new concept. So we make sure we go back and really explain, you know, from, from a nuts and bolts perspective, what you will gain, again, in productivity and efficiency and uh, budgetary. Uh, perspectives. Right. And I know, I know early in the cloud, you know, when that was kind of a new term to, to people, people were scared about security and things like this. But I mean, that stuff's pretty well under control at this point, right? I mean, it, it really is. And I think the um, and that, that's one of the first questions that we'll get is, you know, around security and if it's a multi-tenant cloud. And one of the main purposes of, of cloud is to be multi-tenant, right? So you can have multiple folks sitting in your instance. Mm -hmm. But if you look now, we've, you know, we, um, especially SAP Concur, I mean, some of our biggest clients are the world's largest banks. Uh, we have, we have a tremendous amount of government agencies as well. You've got new certifications like FedRAMP that are mm -hmm. out now that are dictating uh, at a federal level what the security requirements should be and three levels of that based on what you need. So um, I'm starting to see now even, um, inquiries coming in from states we're, we're getting rfps and rfis mm -hmm. from states looking to move to a new system that are mandating FedRAMP. so it's, oh, wow. it's pushing down to that states. level which is wow. really interesting yeah yeah well i mean i mean i, I you know I, I i work with some agencies where they basically say if it's not cloud i don't even want it i'm right. not going to bother with anything else at this point that's where we're moving that's where the world's going that's a better value for me don't even show it to me unless it's cloud yeah and that's you know that's it's good on on every level. It's also driving the the creation of data, though, right? That's you know we uh, the IDC did a study saying that by 2025, the amount of data produced by cloud-based applications, <clears throat> excuse me, will increase by 61 percent, yeah. right? And that's coming on already on a base that's huge, right? I mean, right. I I've been in tech and I was in data storage a long time uh, for a long time. And I remember, you know, going to talk to some of the bigger telco organizations who were just approaching a terabyte of data. I have three terabytes on my desktop at right. home. Me too. Right, It's crazy, <laughs> right. And it's all full of stuff, right? right. So, um, you know, helping, and that, that kind of goes back to your, your CIO, CFO conversation yeah. too. How are you, are you giving folks the right tools to manage this data? Because we're certainly seeing applications that are, that are creating it. But we're, you know, we're, we're still catching up in the ability to effectively manage that because the creation of data will always outpace the management of data. Right. And I feel it's, it's kind of, you know, human condition. We tend to just gather stuff, throw it in a box and then search for it later. I mean, you know, I mean, even now, you know, people struggle, you know, you, you try to be organized, you save stuff in folders and files, but you end up finding things by searching your old emails. Correct. You know, that's just so Google's kind of the way people actually find things now versus, you know, actually organizing yourself and having a file cabinet or whatever, you know. So it seems like that's the kind of tools you have to have to help people organize themselves because people just won't naturally do that. Exactly. I mean, even, you know, a lot of federal agency requirements around document retention, mm -hmm. right? Those yeah. documents are now you know, in the cloud, which right. makes it easier to a certain extent. But to your point, you're, you're now saving, you know, literally everything. And, uh, right. you know, saving it is relatively easy. Finding what you need downstream is is really the, the difficult part on there. And then, uh, you know, like I said, centrally um, pulling that data together, normalizing and then being able to report on it in the way that's specific to your requirements can really be a challenge for folks. Right. Yeah. And I know there were, there were some regulations that came down uh, a few years ago where 
they were you know trying to be very specific about this is data that must be maintained and this is data that must be you know not maintained you know and gotten rid of mm-hmm. a certain amount of time and you know agencies struggling with that i mean they would just try to do shared folders to say official file non-official file right. and it's just you know i feel like they need some better help than that. Well, just... well, it gets policy to death, right? And yeah. the policies change. And I think as the awareness around this, you know, kind of moves up and down the food chain of mm-hmm. the legislative uh, areas, you, you're trying to find ways to help. But quite often, it, you get a little bit of a whiplash effect where folks are like, wait, I, I'm, I don't know what to do with this now, so I'm just going to keep it. I'm going to put it all over here right? Um, and, and treat it that way. And uh you know, you'll see that there was some legislation passed last year around the, the Open Government Data Act, right? right? Mandating that federal agencies have a, uh, a chief data officer. That's a huge move. And yeah. I think it's, it's representative of the awareness now of what a challenge it is to manage this data. D- data is the, is the greatest asset of any organization, but also the greatest liability of any organization. And you're seeing yeah. that literally every day in the papers. That's true. Well, I mean, speaking of that, the chief data officer, I mean, what is your thoughts on that? What are, you know, how, how is that going to evolve in the government, you know, for finance and accounting especially? Yeah, I think it's it's going to help in a couple of ways. One is, you know, uh, again, it's it's being created as part of policy, right? And, and we need policy. Yep. Enforcing policy is the hard part. Creating it is easy, sure. right? Enforcing <laughs> it is really hard. And, you know, and everybody's subject to policy, even as a traveler. You know, I, I, I flew down here today from, from my office in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but at the end of my day, I will have been on two planes and two Ubers and, and two other cars, right? I have to manage that within policy for SAP Concur, right? Sure. So it's easy to put that in, but then how do we manage that? And then our policy is, our travel policy is, is quite simple compared to, you know, we've seen some of the federal agencies that have literally, you know, 1,100, 1,200 pages of policy. Oh, yeah. You can't. Uh, you, you can't assume that people will sit down and read that and say, I'm within here, right? So giving them the tools to operate within there is really key. But then interpreting that data and finding a way to manage it, again, is, is really uh, increasing the burden of how to, how to deal with that. So I think that the, uh, that, that chief data officer um, role will go from just being a policy piece to a, a very effective position in these organizations to then help drive policies moving forward, right? Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're really becoming the stewards of the data. And like I said, the data, as valuable as it is, can also be the biggest liability that they have out there. So, you know, putting the importance on managing and maintaining and protecting that data is really, really key. And a lot of that will fall in this chief data officer role. Right. I mean, I would hope too that some of these CDOs or whatever they're going to be called, would be, you know, also looking at what now, you know, we have all this data and, you know, we're doing our accounting, we're doing our closing, we're paying our bills, but can we actually use this to make some, you know, get, gain some insights, make some decisions on how we run this organization? I mean, I think folks are really hungry now for that versus just doing the books, you know, closing the books every month. Yeah. And I think that that's where you start to see technologies like artificial intelligence and machine learning coming yeah. into play, right? Because okay. if, if you think about it, you know, both those pieces are really just about managing hordes and hordes of data and going into your point before, how do I find that little pinpoint of data that I need? How am I validating mm-hmm. that an apple is an apple? Well, I'm checking in across a database with billions of objects in it and looking for another apple to say yes, that that's exactly what that is. Right. So, I, and I think um, a, a lot of folks get intimidated by the, the concept of, of AI or machine learning. And, uh, you know, a lot of the the opening conversations that we'll have is, you know, it doesn't have to be something complicated. It can be something right. very, very easy and very, very 
the most mundane tasks out there can often be alleviated with artificial intelligence and, mm -hmm. and, and, and machine learning where, and you know, go back to the expense reports, right? If I'm processing 600 expense reports a month, um, if I can get some help on that and have a tool that can go in and look for patterns and look for violations, right. look for things and have that get tool get smarter as time goes on, it makes it so much easier for me. Yeah, I love that. I've, I mean, I don't, you know, you can talk about what 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 your what your tools do, but I mean, I've seen things out there where there's the machine learning where it's sort of assisted, it almost asks you questions: Is this normal? Yes, no, and then it kind of looks for those going forward, and there's ones that are more advanced that find their own patterns. Exactly, bring exactly. them to you. I mean, I mean, you guys are working in this area too, right? We are, we are. I mean, you 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 know, you, you look at things like the the growth of bots that are out there. Oh yeah. Where it's they're literally you know conversing with you, but they're they're collecting data from you and putting together a pattern, and then going out to execute against that pattern. So if right. you look at something, especially like travel, yeah. um, if I can make it easier for a traveler because I'm going to learn their routines, I fly the same airline all the time. I use the same type of Uber all the time. I same in the, stay in the same hotel branch no matter where I go, and I travel all the time. Yeah. So if I can have an application or a bot that makes it easy for me to do that. Why wouldn't I take advantage of that? Right. I mean, I remember the day used to, uh, I mean, even some websites, you know, you, or you'd have to set up a profile or things that you, places you normally go, your favorite places or things like that. But now if you go to Expedia or something or whatever site or whatever tool, it might just say, so you going to DC again? I mean, it kind of knows, it, it anticipates what yep. you, where you want to go and are right, you want to stay this hotel again? I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? Exactly. Exactly. I love I mean, that. Yeah. One, of the, one of the core you know, competencies of, 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 of our group of SAP Concar is focus on the customer and listening to, mm -hmm. to them and understanding what their needs are, not just in the application, but moving forward. And like I said, how do we make it easy? Nobody likes to do expense reports. Nobody likes to book travel. It's not fun. It can right. be tedious. But if you can make it easy while having it be efficient and compliant and being able to provide the, the back end of that back into the business, then mm -hmm. you've got this great kind of bi-directional tool that literally makes everybody happy, right? Which is really key. Right, yeah, so tools to help you get your book your travel, do it in, compl in within compliance, and then when you get home, something to help you get your expense report going. That's another thing, a lot of folks are just, they're real late and get those vouchers done, and that's always a big thing, you know? Well, nobody wants to do it, and you know, we, we, we kind of laugh, and, and mm -hmm. uh, we, we say, by the time you get home from your trip, your expense report's are already done, because we focus so much on automation to pull your expenses directly into the report, yeah, that's e awesome. even to the level of itemizing your hotel bill, right, with our e-receipts tool. I like that. It's great. So, <laughs> and if so, if I know that I don't have this two-hour task of doing my expense reports, I can just, you know, open up my app and literally push a button, I'm going to do it on a timely basis. We'll, we'll, we'll often see um, when when folks uh, convert over to, to SAP Concur, the volume of expense reports um, that they have actually increases because it's so much easier to do. Oh, right. Okay. The people don't put it off so you get timely. And that affects yeah. things on the business side, yeah. right? Like suppose you're getting rebates from your cards that, and those rebates depend on timely payments, right? Mm -hmm. So if your employees are more timely in submitting their expenses, you're going to be more timely on your cards and you're right. going to get sometimes millions of dollars in rebates back that will really impact, you know, your, your organization. Yeah. And those are government initiatives. I mean, we're supposed to take advantage of discounts and group sort of things. So, I mean, that's, that's good. You're pushing towards not just compliance, but it's things that are policies. Things are just better in general for, for us as travelers and workers. Yeah. And listen, if you, if you're traveling at GSA rates, then why would you not have a tool that already has that built in? Yeah. Right? That's, that's the key. And how do I have a tool that's accessible, right? That's, you know, if you go back to the tech debt thought, you know, one of the things that's missing 
dramatically from these is the mobile application. Mm, and right. you look at, you've got a, a younger workforce coming into play in yeah. both public and private sector who are used to doing everything on their phones. My, my, both my kids are, I think they're permanently attached to their hands, their phones, sure. right? Um, but putting that mobile tool in place for folks and letting them do you know any aspect of their business within that, again, helps with that efficiency, helps them do things quicker. Hey, I can do my expense report literally on the way home you know, right. and get that done. Um, you know, it just helps the overall business. So I think you you touched on this a little bit um, already, but you know, as far as advice on how can we get the the most out of our funding, our limited funding, our budgets that we have to live with. I mean, I think it's obviously these taking advantage of these tools and aut automation, right? It is, and and I you know, like I said before, I think automation scares a lot of people because right. there's there's the concept of a lack of control, right? Yeah. But if you can look at it from a platform perspective right and, and again you know our, our three legs are expense travel and invoice mm -hmm. if you can automate those processes tie them together make it easy to use and easy to execute against and easy to right. report on people will adopt to them and, and you know having th that adoption rate is huge right so go back to the mobile piece where you've got folks that are traveling the world especially you know in 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 our, our government agencies and folks that are that are all over and whether they're you know doing foreign work or, or, or traveling internationally, giving them access to that tool is critical because you're gathering data no matter where they are, right, on this. So every, if you look at every phone as a mobile uh, yeah. collection device, you need people to use it. And right. then the more you can bring in, the more compliance you're going to have, the more effective you're going to have, and the, the, the higher degree of accuracy you're going to have in terms of your reporting. Yeah, I think the great thing too is that we're seeing all this technology coming into government applications too because, you know, I, it's just government you know, cliche is that we're kind of behind the times and all this kind of thing. But I mean, I think agencies really are looking forward and want to be with the times, want to, well, they want to do their work easily. They don't want to struggle with, you know, interfaces that are difficult. I mean, this is great that you guys are bringing this to the government specifically and making life easier. Yeah, and I think, and, and they want to change and they want to do better, right? And I think, you know, we, we did a study last year with Kelton Global where, um, we went. We ran across the board, and, and folks are spending up, upwards of three thousand hours a month processing expense reports hmm. and um, and invoices. Two thirds of those folks that we talk to are doing it via manual process, mm -hmm. right? So that lends to the time and leads to a high degree of inaccuracy. And over twenty five percent of the folks we talked to um, said that they have submitted incorrect budgetary information because they didn't have the right information. They didn't have the right data in front of them, right? Right. So and th that's 25 that sort of admitted to doing it, right? So it's probably even, even higher than that because sure. nobody wants to admit that they're making a mistake at their job. But if you think about you know, not, not only kind of recouping the spend and getting folks reimbursed, but the impact that that has on your budgetary actions, you know, a couple years out from that, it's really, really critical in terms right. of how you're running your organization, whether it's public or private sector. Right. And again, I mean, I think with the cloud and the, the automation tools, a lot of these things are getting a little less expensive for the, the client, you know. So in general, I think things are moving the right way, doing more with less is actually a real thing these days more so than it used to be. It is. And, and you're seeing this concept of, you know, pay for what you use. Right. Yeah. Right? Why should I? Exactly. That's great. And, and don't, you know, go back to the tech debt. You've got this monolithic system mm -hmm. in the basement of your organization that, maybe nobody's really using, but you're still paying the same amount for yeah. right? Versus if you can get something on a scale or most cloud applications are on a subscription type basis where mm -hmm. you're literally paying, you know, the, the, the technology allows you to measure what you're using and you'll generally pay against that. So that's another way to help yeah. save money. And again, back to the public sector, right? It's, you know, tax dollar 
spend yeah. that we're looking at. Right. Focus on the mission. Focus on supporting the constituents who are there, not doing expense reports. Absolutely. Well, why don't we uh, close it out with one more question for you here. Um, I heard you guys did a study a little while ago about fraud and compliance. I'm kind of curious because, of course, you know, AGA, we got the auditors, we got the accountants. We love to hear about fraud. It's always a fun topic. So maybe give us a little bit about that. Yeah, fraud is an interesting one, right? And uh, I, I tend to put fraud into two buckets. There's intentional and there's unintentional, right? And some people just make a mistake and, uh, you know, misjudge their miles or whatever this. And, and mileage is a huge one, right? Sure. Mileage is is is, uh, is a place that's right for that. It's also a place that you can, you know, you can pad, you know, pad pretty easily. Yep. Um, one of the most interesting reports that we have in our application is to show all expenses that were submitted that are within a dollar of your receipt limit, hmm. right? So if you have a fifty, you know, anything under fifty dollars doesn't need a, doesn't need a receipt. If you run that report on anything between forty nine dollars and forty ninety nine, you would be fascinated at the number of expense reports that come in there because people don't need a receipt and it's wow. great for fraud. <laughs> so that's a great place though where you can take uh, artificial intelligence and run mm -hmm. against that and just clearly crunch that data. And and yeah, when we did that study with Kelton, that was a huge piece of it is yeah. how am I avoiding fraud and how am I staying compliant and how am I, how am I putting compliance into an environment that is often not something that you can mandate Right, mm -hmm. a lot of these organizations have a hard time mandating things out to their out to their employees. So, how do you then operate, get them to operate within sort of the boundaries of your compliance piece? Right. So, you give them a tool that they don't have an option but to operate within there. Right. So that alone, just just by getting the um, uh, you know the, the mileage piece, we'll see you know double digit improvements in terms of savings just for mileage, right? Because right. better accuracy with the tool that integrates with, with Google Maps or, or, mm -hmm. or similar yeah. around there and remove the option for people to either pad that or remove the option for them to make a mistake because everybody makes mistakes. Sure. Yeah, I mean, again, just these tools to help folks, you know, not even accidentally c commit some kind of a mistake or, well, I guess fraud is intentional, right? But uh, no, that's great. Just so, and then also for the auditors and other folks to, to identify this stuff much more easily than maybe we could in the past. And that's, that's a really good point. As an auditor, how, when you're looking at something at face value, a good chunk of the time, you're able to validate and understand what it is. But sometimes you don't know. How do you know that, you know, the, the restaurant that I went to or the venue that I went to is what I say that it is on my expense report, right? right? So that that's a great place for AI to go run out against you know in the internet and yeah, check and look. say hey this place is it the restaurant in alexandria that this person said that it is is there alcohol on mm -hmm. the bill when mm -hmm. there's not supposed to be alcohol sure these are the sort of things that if you can automate those things take them out of people's hands take the question it's, it's not even kind of making a mistake at that point but it's taking the questioning out of it the human factor out of it right you get such, such a higher degree of accuracy and such a higher degree of compliance that's in there. And if you can wrap that again into a platform that's covering all yeah. of your spend of expense, invoice, and travel, then you're 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 light years ahead of where you where you've been. So absolutely. Well, Dave, I think that's a great, great way to end it here. Um, again, thanks for coming all the way down here to today to meet with with us. And uh, I think this was a very insightful podcast. So thank you. Happy to. Thank you. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out. AGACGFM.org find uh, all our podcasts there i think we're up to around number 40 or so so uh definitely have uh, accumulated a good amount for you guys to listen to and as usual you know who to reach out to if you want to have a particular guest or topic discussed 
So until next time, this is Paul Marshall signing off for Accountability Talks with AGA.